I'm so excited to introduce today's guest, our seventh guest, Nahal Singh Live. Nahal is a New Jersey native and expert percussionist and entertainer. Throughout high school and college, Nahal developed his own business as an entertainer, where he gets to play tabla and dole all around the world. Nahal first gained a lot of attention after posting videos fusing together American music and tabla, a combination representative of the brown diaspora community, and an important part of why he does what he does. So, let's dive in. So let's start off with what you're known for, because you do a lot of different things. So what are you primarily known for? Yeah, so um, I'm known for like just mixing um, like the the Indian culture with with American music, um, and mainly I'm known for playing dole, um, the drum set, DJing, MCing, um, tabla. I'm I'm basically just known around this area as like an entertainer. Um, for weddings, essentially. Oh, interesting. So what all led up to you becoming an entertainer? It started off um, like a long time ago um, when when I started playing tabla and dole. And then when I was um, like seven or eight, I got invited to play um, at this competition in Toronto and to play dole. And then everyone just started calling me like the world's youngest dole player. And that kind of started it all, like, and since then, I've just been, like, playing on stage, um, playing at, like, family events, and then eventually, when I started turning, like, 15, 16, I started doing weddings, playing with other singers, um, and then that led me to now, like, doing it full-time. Wow, so you've kind of, like, turned your hobby into a business. Essentially, yeah. So I just graduated, so now it's, like, the full-time business, and it's, like, you know, no complaints. <laughs> So what is that like? Like out of college, I'm sure like having your own company uh, comes with a lot of its own challenges. So can you like talk a little bit about what it's been like? You know, obviously when when I first started telling people like I'm going to take this full time, I'm going to like run my own business, make my hobby hobby into a full time job. uh, My friends and family, like they're kind of skeptical because they were like, you know, is this going to work? Is it not going to work? Um, including my parents, and, you know, obviously your parents want what's best for their kids. So they always wanted me to, like, use my degree um, in finance and just, like, you know, get a corporate job. And I could have easily done that, but I was, like, just, like, the wedding business took over so much of my time that I couldn't even, like, think about getting a corporate job. So once my parents saw that, that I'm dedicating so many hours traveling, like, doing all these events, they were like, okay, like this is a legit job, and he's good. Um, but definitely, like the challenges, I would say is like, like, just people not really understanding what I do. Like, people kind of just think it's like a side job hobby. Um, but what a lot of people don't realize is like, during the week, like as an artist, like you work the whole week to make the weekends happen. Um, Like, you're always on the phone. You're always talking to people. You're always, like, responding to emails. So the more and more my parents realized that, the more it was acceptable in my family. Yeah, actually, a lot of artists tell me that, and they really, like, want to hit that point home, I guess, that, like, just because they're artists doesn't mean they're not working on their craft all the time. It's just like any other job where you put in as much effort and you're constantly working. 
Um, it's not like a hobby or just like a fun side activity. I mean, they were always super supportive. Like without the support, I couldn't have done any of this. But um, just, you know, as being a parent, any parent, like they're going to be skeptical because they want your, you know, you want your kid to do well. So they were always like, I mean, they still, they still tell me like every other day, like maybe you should get a job as a backup, like, you know, in case your business doesn't run the way you want it to run. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just, it's still like, like the time, I don't have time for that. And, and they, they know, like they understand, like every day they get more and more supportive and like they're always like messaging me like, yo, you're doing good today. Like oh, that event was really cool. So their support like means the world to me. So what is it like, because your parents are, have come around and they're supportive, but what is it like within the Brown community that you kind of grew up with in New Jersey? I just graduated, so I have a bunch of friends who, who went to, like, that corporate 9-to-5 type of job, and they all tell me, like, like, Naha, like, like, our lives are, like, the money's good, but our lives are, like, just constantly working, like, you're living the life. And I'm here, like, trying to explain to my parents, like, this is why I don't want a corporate job. Um, I just want to do me, be an artist, be an entertainer, and, like, basically it. And I do have, there's been, like, other friends who do the same thing as me. Like, they're DJs, MCs, dope players. Um, however, their families weren't as supportive. And now they've all, like, landed that 9-to-5 job. And I guess they're not hating their lives, but it's, like, they wish. They could have just gone in that entertainment route. Why do you think it's so important for people who have a passion for the arts to pursue their passion? Yeah, so if you have a passion for something, you know, arts or whatever it may be, I think it's important because that's, at the end of the day, that's what's going to make you happy. Um, you know, if you do something that, that you're going to regret or that you don't think is going to make you happy every single day, then what, what's the point of doing that, right? So... In my opinion, like you have to, you have to do what's gonna make you happy. Um, and if you're like an artist, whatever it may be, like a painter, singer, musician, instrumentalist, like if you have an opportunity to take that full time, then 100% you gotta take that opportunity. And like even if you face a bunch of backlash, um, even if you face like criticism, like your family not supporting you, eventually they're gonna come around because they're gonna see how well you're gonna do. When I first started off, I, was, I wasn't I was concerned at all about, like, the money or what where this is going to lead me. I was just kind of doing it because just to do it. Like, I remember when I was, like, 15 or 16, I would go and, like, DJ a party for free just because I wanted to do that, right? Just because I thought, like, those three, four hours I was going to spend was going to be really fun. Um, and then eventually started leading to getting paid, and I was like, whoa, this is cool. And I was, like, 16, 17, like, just entering college, and I was like, whoa, I can make money doing this. Like, I had no clue. Um, and then, you know, eventually I graduated college and I was like, this is it. Like, this is my life now. Yeah, totally. Okay. So let's go back a little bit. How did you get into Dubla and like, how did you become this musician? Yeah. So Dubla, um, I started like really early before I can even remember. Um, my grandpa does a lot of kirtan, um, at the Gurdwara. So I started playing Dubla, um, and, like, all the instruments, like, everything I do, like, double adult DJing, like, I taught myself. Um, I could never learn from another person. Like, I tried. My parents used to try putting me in, like, double classes when I was younger. And I was always, like, I can't, like, I didn't have the patience 
to learn from someone. I always wanted to just, like, grab a tabla and, like, jam out and, like, bang it and just, like, make my own beats. Um, and, like, the more I learn from other people, like, everyone has their own style of, of teaching. So even for those, like, everyone has their own style of teaching. So I was, like, I kind of wanted to just, like, create my own style and not, like, follow someone else's path for the instrument. Um, so that's why, like, I never learned from anyone properly. I would just, like, listen to others, watch YouTube videos, like, hear songs and try to copy that um, on the on the instruments. And, yeah, so it just started all, like, I was super young. I used to do a lot of kirtan with my, my family. Like, I still do a lot of kirtan. So it all started, like, from religion, right? And then that eventually took it to a more mainstream market for weddings and performances and everything in that regard. Oh, wow, that's so cool. I didn't know, realize that you, like, learned to play tabla by yourself. How do you, like, do that? Like, uh, my dad plays tabla really well, actually, and I tried to learn from him for, like, I lasted for, like, an hour, and I had to, like, quit because my wrist hurt so bad. So, uh, like, kudos to you. Um, that's really cool, but I didn't realize that. Um, so I was always, like, musically um, inclined. So I would, like, literally, like, I was too young enough to remember, but my mom used to tell me stories, like, and how like, you would hear a song in the car, and then you would go home and go straight to the basement, take out your tabla and like, or take out your dole and try to play exactly what you just heard in that song. And that's kind of how I just like slowly and slowly um, learned. And then you know I, I used to practice every day. Like before I started playing dole at weddings, I was in my basement like every single day, like for an hour, two hours after school. Like, you know, at night, in the evening, just, like, playing, jamming out. My friends would come over. We would all jam out. I'd have, like, five or six of my buddies come over. We would make so much noise. The neighbors would get pissed. Like, everyone would get mad. Um, but it was totally <laughs> worth it because, like, we kind of taught each other just by jamming out and having a good time. So definitely, like, didn't need any, like, proper lessons, proper teachers. Um, and not even, like that I could I could have gone and learned but I literally just like couldn't I didn't have the patience for that I don't know if that makes sense <laughs> yeah no that does make a lot of sense I feel like for like for me like writing or like learning how to new use a new software like I'd rather watch a YouTube video about it or like try to play with it and figure it out myself than ask for help um just because like I don't know like it's a passion of mine and I want to figure it out by myself so i kind of understand what you mean figure it out on your own that's the best way to go about it like the minute you learn then everyone has their specific way and like then the way they teach you might not be how you want it to be like even for like editing software and, and like music production software like i tried music production a lot and i tried to take a course i took music one of my minors in um in college so literally like like i learned I learned more on my own than I learned in my minor at university. <laughs> so <laughs> that's just like a, a thing. <laughs> so you actually started your company kind of in college. How difficult was that to like balance this new growing company and traveling and things with studying and like majoring in finance? Yeah, so it was really hard, I'm not going to lie. Um, there was a bunch of like sleepless nights. There was a bunch of nights where, you know, I get an opportunity to do like such an amazing gig, but like, oh, I had an exam the next day and it was like, what do I do? And I would always take the gig. 
like always my parents would be <laughs> they would get really mad at me um but i would always like want to take the gig like there were so many times where like i told my parents i'm studying and i would go perform somewhere um but then i would come back and like stay up all night and study and make sure like i got good enough grades where like my family was happy and and i always knew kind of like in college like what i'm doing right now yes it's going to help me in the future but it's not going to help me as much as it would help others because I was already on, like, my own path. So me getting, like, the degree and finishing my degree um, was kind of just, like, a satisfaction thing for me and my family. So they know, like, I have something to lean on to if just in case if, like, my business doesn't go the way I want it to. Like, that safety net, like, all brown parents want. (laughs) Yeah, I also wanted to ask about your double covers that you post on Instagram because that's probably, like, the main... Uh, way that you kind of blend both your Punjabi culture and your American culture by covering songs with this kind of unique, like very ancient, traditional instrument. What the f- though? Where the love go? Five, four, three, two, I let one go. Smile, get the f- though. I don't block, bro. Aiming at your head, like a buffalo. You're a roughneck. I'm a cutthroat. You're a tough guy. It's a love joke. Then the sun dies. The night is young, though. The diamond still yeah so um when i when i first started um i was like i i saw like i used to see a lot of videos of people just like playing tabla to like bollywood tracks and like you know punjabi songs so i was like you know what let me just completely change that and just play tabla to strictly american music um so i started doing that for a while and then a lot of people like they got booked for a lot of events like, I never thought, like, me making a video was going to end up, like, booking me a gig in Bahamas, right? And, and once these things happened, yeah. I was like, I was like, wow, like, this is legit. <laughs> um, so I started doing that. I did a lot of weddings where, like, I would just play hip-hop tracks, like, the modern tracks, like, old hip-hop, all the classics, and I would just play bubble over it. And so many people were like, whoa, that's really cool. And, like, so many kids would be like, whoa, that's really cool. Um, so that's what inspired me to keep doing it more and more. And, yes, I, I still play to, like, Indian songs because, like, you know, people still like those. Um, but the main focus is to just blend the East and the West culture. Yeah, so that's kind of representative, I guess, of you and, like, all, like, brown diaspora kids, kind of this balance of their Eastern culture and who they are as an American or as a Canadian or whatever they are. That's definitely what I'm trying to push, um, trying to push in more and more, like, every day. Um, cause I feel like that's the future, um, of our nation and like, you know, America and Toronto and all these places where there's such a huge, like Western influence. So you don't, we don't want our kids and the young ones to like get out of culture. Cause I, I see it a lot, like even in Jersey, um, where I'm from, like I see kids like completely like, you know, getting falling out of religion, like out of the culture, you know, they don't really know what things are. So that's just another thing that drives me every day to like do what I do. Cool. Thank you so much for talking to us today. I'm really excited about sharing uh, your story and um, your like really cool like motivation uh, to inspire other young brand artists and show them that you can actually make it happen. No problem. Thank you for reaching out. It means a lot to me. And thank you to our listeners again for tuning in. Uh, as always, follow Pradesi Podcast on Instagram and Facebook for more updates and more content.
si fuera la última vez. Y enséñame ese pasito que no sé. Un besito bien suavecito, bebé. Ta 